Welcome, everyone. I'm Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear personal stories from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. So this week, we're talking about caring for the homebound elderly in our communities and how the current pandemic has played a role. And as always, we have a special guest. Will you please introduce yourself? My name is Charlene Rack, and I'm a former caregiver for the elderly. I worked with a couple different agencies and then did some direct work for families for probably about five years. So Charlene, how did you first get involved with caring for the elderly? Back in like 1999, I heard a very strong call from God to homeschool my children. So I pulled my two oldest out and we had a young tag along. So she never went to regular school, but we homeschooled all the way through high school. And that's a pretty intense, busy job. So when I was done with that, I had a lot of time on my hands, had to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And I really felt like the only thing I felt really called to was caregiving. I had had my elderly grandma living with me when I was growing up. And by the time I was 12, I was helping to take care of her. And then when my mother had a heart attack after her recuperation, she moved in with me and I took care of her. And I just always felt blessed to be able to care give. And so I said, well, uh, I'll send an email into a local caregiving agency. I didn't really think I would hear anything, but then I get this phone call like a month or so later and they call me up and say, can you come in tomorrow for an interview? So just to let you know how desperate they were even then about finding caregivers, when I got all dressed up in a nice suit like you're supposed to do for an interview, walked in the door and the first question they said to me, well, it's not even, wasn't even really a question. They said, we have two clients that need caregivers. Which one would you prefer to work for? They didn't ask me what could I do, what were my skills, what was my training, which at that point was none. And the next morning, I was working for someone and they told me she was bedridden and I would have to change her sheets while she was in bed. And do. so I actually came home and looked up videos on YouTube of how to change sheets with a bedridden patient because they did nothing. They were so desperate to fill those spots. And, uh, you know, that just keeps getting worse. So I stayed with that agency for a little while, but then I moved on to another agency that did provide training and I received the HHA home health aid certification. We had to do clinical trials and everything on that. And so I was a little bit more equipped after that actually ended up taking care of a handicapped woman for quite some time who had to use a lift and was in a wheelchair. And so that training paid off, but it just really opened my eyes in particular to the situation with the elderly and their need for good caregivers and how there are a lot of people out there that are getting in the business for the wrong reasons. And it's it's very aggravated now with uh, the COVID-19 and agencies are really losing their caregivers. And so I just also feel like you know, as a church, we've kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that too. So my concerns are finding ways to help the elderly ourselves as individuals and also as a church, you know, hopefully through the Respect Life office, because I've received so many gifts from the elderly and I've been so blessed by them that I just want to do this. You have some stories you want to share of the beauty of interacting and sharing your life with the elderly and the homebound. It's about two lives coming together and connecting and it's a beautiful thing and it's blessed by God for sure. And I have some stories of people that I work for that just really will stick with me the rest of my life. 
So I had a few clients. First one I want to tell about is another older woman that I work for who hadn't been going to church for probably like 40 years. She was Catholic. And I constantly talked about my faith. I mean, I, everywhere, I, every client I wa- worked with, I talked about my faith. And I finally got Father Adrian Hilton from Old St. Mary's, where I'm a member. He came to visit this client and talked with her a little while. And then he came back to hear her confession there at the house. And he started bringing her Holy Communion. And then she went into the hospital because she wasn't feeling well. And she had a massive stroke. And so I called him up again and I was actually going in to visit her and I came into the hospital and I started to walk into her room and I saw Father Adrian there kneeling on the floor next to her bed. And I was so touched that we, the two of us were able to work together to bring her back into the faith. And then she was moved into a different center before she died. And I was able to go visit her there and pray a divine mercy chaplet while I was there with her and just whisper in her ear about how much I loved her and how it was okay to go. And I don't even know how to thank God enough for that opportunity. And his, her family and I are still friends. So it was, you know, just all the way around a good experience. And then my final client that I wanted to share is a little bit different because when I walked, first walked in the door to take over for another caregiver who couldn't be there that day, I'd never been there before. I rang the doorbell and he yelled, come in. And I walked in and I'm, I'm quoting here. I'm quoting. He said, who the hell are you? Who the hell told you to come here? Well, I I don't scare easily and I have a good sense of humor. So I just kind of chuckled, you know, and I said, well, you just go in your little room there and I'll I'll go in the kitchen and I'll do whatever needs to go clean up in there and start working on some lunch and stuff. And you just come and find me when you want me. And he was there within 10 minutes and started talking to me. And he still complained a little bit about why I wasn't his regular caregiver, but he got over it. And then I was sent in to work help with him a lot because my boss had said, if you can win over this guy, you can handle anybody. So he had a hobby, stamp collecting, and he wanted something. He needed something to dry his stamps on after he had soaked them off of the little pieces of envelope. And so I was there one day and I had to go to Hobby Lobby. And so I went to Hobby Lobby and got him some heavy water, just a pad of heavy watercolor paper. And I dropped it back off at his house. And he was so excited. And he said, thank you so much. What do I owe you? And I said, oh, don't worry about it. This Sunday is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And I am telling you, I got it from all the rest of the caregivers after that because they said, every time we go there now, we have to listen to what Charlene did and what she said to him. But you know what? Once again, it was not just the clients who benefited from that. It most definitely was me and they changed my heart and they touched my life and they just enlightened me to the difficulties of the elderly living alone in their homes. So Charlene, you're sharing these wonderful stories. You're just reminding us all perhaps, right? That it's not so much necessarily what you did per se. It's just that you opened your heart. You opened your lives to their lives. You were listening to them. You were being a presence to them. And perhaps in many of these cases, there aren't a whole lot of people in their lives that do that. And so when you simply do that, and be who you are and, and come there to listen, then boy, the response that you can get, even the hardest of hearts, right? <laughs> will melt at that. And the little thing, buying the thing that can help that man with his stamps, right? Wasn't a big expense, obviously. It wasn't a, it was a gesture that really meant a lot to him. So so we're talking about people who who are perhaps ignored by so many in their communities and just giving them a little bit of time and space can make a gigantic difference in their lives and in turn touch your own life as well. 
So why is this such a great need in our communities and our churches today? I believe that there is a great need because, first of all, it is a hard job. You have to just go in with the right ambitions. It's not just someplace you can make a little bit more money than work in in a restaurant. This is a job where every day you have to go and give and give and give of yourself to others. And like I said, when when I talked about my interview, they had a shortage of caregivers way back then when I first started. And I was reading up on this uh, just recently about the caregiver situation now. And there are just many caregivers that do not want to go into the houses to work. A lot of them use public transportation and they don't want to do that right now. So there actually is quite a crisis. I have a quote here from a Council on Aging article online, and it's from September of 2019. So a little bit dated, but not really. It's from Elizabeth Ekstrom. She's the chief of geriatrics at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland. And she said, when I travel around the world, I notice that other places still have a family infrastructure that allows for some elder care. But here in the United States, it's very fragmented and almost gone. So instead, we rely on paid caregivers, and there just aren't enough of them. We are absolutely unprepared, she adds, to take care of our future aging population. So I just thought that was very interesting that this geriatrics doctor talks about that, about how in the United States, we've lost that family infrastructure. You know, everybody works. Everybody has other responsibilities. And our elderly end up in retirement homes. And I I know a lot of times, especially for the elderly men, They don't want to live with their kids. They want to remain independent and they really want to go into those retirement centers. But I just feel like whenever it's possible, elderly parents should be living with family members or at least living in their own home and having caregivers come in on a regular basis. But we can see that that's not really going to work that well in the years to come. So I I feel like as a church, as individuals and as a church, you know, we have to find ways that we can help too, because I feel like parishes could really do a lot of things for that. So the need is great out there. What do you feel like parishes are not doing that they ought, need to be doing better? Do you think they're just being ignored or, or to the extent that they're taking communion to people, they're not visiting as long as we need to? What, where do you think the failing is on what we could do better? Well, usually, or a lot of times, I think that they only will interact with people who have called into the parish asking for help. So if you have an elderly person like that one client I talked about who hadn't been to church in quite some time, her family was really not Catholic either. They had left the faith. So her kids were not going to call for her. So there was really nobody to do that outreach for her to find somebody to come in and talk to her because they just didn't really see it as a need. So that can be part of the situation. I don't think it's just churches or parishes ignoring, but I, I think they just don't know But if there was some way that they could reach out and try to find former parishioners, because this lady had lived in the same parish her entire married life. She never moved. I had another man who lived in a different parish, but the same thing with him. The only interaction he had from his parish that I know of was that he received his monthly offertory envelopes. So I, I prayed a rosary with that man every day. He had dementia. He didn't really like to go out of the house. So I feel like there has to be some kind of model set up where churches are really trying to find contact information for these kinds of people. Even if through the Respect Life office, we could maybe reach out to local home care agencies 
and, uh, you know, find a way to connect with these families of Catholics who are not hearing anything from their church. So, you know, maybe down the road, that's something that you and I could work on, possibly. I don't know. But I just feel like there has to be a more dedicated, concentrated effort in finding these people out there that need us. Because the physical care is just one part of the issue. I really think that the spiritual care, as you're getting closer to the end of your life, is more important than any of the physical care. We want to talk about how people can get involved here, right? So why don't we start with, in terms of being another caregiver, what are the kind of gifts that you need to look and see if you have in yourself that you might be called to be a caregiver yourself? Probably most, you know, so-called retired mothers are probably pretty good at it. You know, we spend our life being caregivers for our families. And so, you know, if that's what you've done most of your life is care for your family, especially if you have chosen to be a a stay-at-home mom, I think that really is a good setup because once your kids are gone, then you do have to find something to do. You know that you have compassion, you know that you're pro-life, and you just feel this calling to help people and to reach out to people and even to make new friends, wonderful new friends with memories that you will hold in your heart forever. Because you, you can limit your hours. You can work as many hours or as little hours as you like. And they're happy even to have some people that might just be on call to do emergency fill-ins. So any Catholic mom who's got time on her hands would be good for that, I think. They do need men caregivers too, but those are hard to come by. And I would also say that you need to be really confident in who you are and you need to trust your gut in dealing with people because sometimes they can be difficult, especially if they're Alzheimer patients. You just have to rely heavily on the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and the Blessed Mother to bless you in your work. So let's say you're interested in trying this out and seeing if you want to be a caregiver. How can one start getting involved and finding out how they can visit people? Well, if you want to be a paid caregiver, you can just look for a a nearby agency that you can apply to. And like I said, if they look at you and know that you look like a reliable person and based on your interview, you do well, they're going to have you work in the next day. You can also do direct hire. I just recommended for a friend of mine, he was looking for a caregiver for his mother and father and called me to see if I was still doing it. And since I'm not, I recommended that he check out care.com. It's a direct hire. They do help you also, though, on that care.com website. They help you with the paying of your caregivers so that you're doing proper things and withholding taxes and all that kind of stuff. But you can click on somebody's information and you can get in touch with them and you can interview them directly. And he he actually is going to be interviewing someone soon that he found on care.com, this friend of mine. And he's really very excited about it. So that's working well for them. And it will be just the family and their caregiver working together with the help of care.com for paperwork, so to speak. If you want to volunteer, there's lots of opportunities for that too. Right now, nursing homes, retirement homes, their doors are pretty much closed. They can't really have anybody come in. I called Little Sisters of the Poor and they said, yeah, they have kind of a core team of volunteers and they are having them doing a few things right now. Uh, filling up snack bags and those kinds of things and pushing them up and down the halls. But she said, for the most part, all of their special activities are just pretty much closed down right now. But I did have a really good experience calling Meals on Wheels. It's the Meals on Wheels of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, I believe it was. 
actually, while I was on there, I actually signed up to do that because I do miss working with the elderly. And I thought, well, this will be a way because they're still doing this. And they're saying it's, it is really important ministry right now. And they really do need people. They need people to pack up the meals. They do little snack packs too, that they pack up to deliver out to people. But there are places where you can go to, to volunteer too. And, and you can check with your parish. I know that St. Anne's, a local parish here, they've started outreach to their elderly. St. Ignatius does some work. I saw a thing in their bulletin where they are starting to try to find out all of the parishioners who are now in nursing homes so they can start scheduling visits. And I believe that out in Guilford, Indiana, uh, the All Saints Parish, that Father Jonathan, Jonathan Meyer, this priest out there, they're really into, you know, reaching out to their elderly too. So you can check with your parish and if nothing's going on there, maybe you can be the one to get things started. All right. So Charlene, obviously this has been a need, has always been a need to help take care of and visit our elderly homebound. But how has the COVID pandemic, if you will, exacerbated this problem and made this even a more pressing issue than perhaps it was before? Well, we've all been watching the news over the past year, and we've heard stories about nursing homes, retirement homes just being shuttered. People are standing outside of windows trying to interact with their parents. So it's been a really hard time for the elderly. And there's even been statements saying that some of these people are actually dying of loneliness. They're separated sometimes from their spouses who were living in the same room with them because of COVID. So it... it, we can see that this has had a tremendous effect on their mental health and their emotional stability. I read a story a couple of days ago about a woman who was a very talkative woman. She was an Alzheimer's patient. So people with Alzheimer's are suffering particularly hard from this isolation because they need their routine. They need their interaction with their family. And this woman was Italian, very talkative. And even with her Alzheimer's, whenever her family was around, she would just talk and talk about how much she loved them and compliment them and laugh. But she actually was accepted into a a nursing home just maybe a month or two before the COVID hit and the isolation came on. You know, they shuttered those places and she was alone. And they said she was reduced during that experience to 20 words in her vocabulary. And that just shocked me. So you know, there's definitely way more of an effect because they've been so isolated. And we saw also just the amount of deaths that happened because they were all congregated in nursing homes and retirement homes and stuff. It just wasn't really a good setup for them. And also coming off of a year where we didn't really have a whole lot of flu deaths last winter, you know, doctors were saying that we had a lot of elderly who were just waiting for something like this to come along, so to speak. And, you know, their bodies just couldn't handle this. So I think that this opened a lot of eyes. I hope it did to how fragile our elderly are and how we could care better for them. Let's say you don't know if you have the time, you're not retired, you're not going to become, start working part-time in this area, right? Do do you have any advice though for, for everybody of how it is that we can be more aware and somehow help? Our brothers and sisters, our parents, you know, whoever it is that's in our communities that needs some more human contact, needs some more caring from us. You just have to be creative sometimes. We hopefully we know where our elderly live in our neighborhood. We could slip notes in their mailboxes, ask them if they need somebody to run errands for them, someone to pick up groceries for them while they're out running around. 
possibly talk to your parish to see if they have an outreach. And if they don't, maybe you can get something going and do what you can, obviously, for your own parents first. And if there's any way to get them out of nursing homes and bring them into your homes, consider seriously doing that. Oh, I do have a quote I would like to share with you. Okay. I just read this quote last night and I thought, wow, this is great. This came to me at just the right time. The Holy Spirit was helping me out here. I'm reading a book called St. Mary Magdalene, Prophetess of Eucharistic Love by Father Sean Davidson. And the quote is, advancement in the spiritual life is ultimately learning to be attentive to Christ wherever he is present. And I will say without a doubt that he is most definitely present in the elderly. Perfect. I think that's a terrific way to end. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today about the importance of taking care of our homebound elderly, how we can be more aware and better help our brothers and sisters who need special care. And perhaps especially at this time, because it's certainly the pandemic is not helping the situation. So thanks for spending time with us today. Well, thank you very much for asking me and for having me, because obviously the elderly is near and dear to my heart. And I would just like other people to experience some of the joys that I have experienced in reaching out to them. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website to view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash being dash pro dash life. Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.